So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Welcome to episode 34 of So There. there. I'm Tom Karamitis. And I'm Gary Doyle, and uh, welcome back uh, to the podcast. We uh, This is a very special episode for a couple of reasons. One is, um, we're glad you're listening because, uh, frankly, our listenership has been declining in the last uh, few months. We have a lot of theories about that that we'll get to later on, but, uh, uh, but, but it has been declining. And in an effort to juice our listenership... Um, <laughs> We're introducing uh, a, uh, a, a an episode theme we call Conversations, Conversations with Legends. Conversations <laughs> with Legends. I thought since you didn't record a stinger for this, and knowing you, you would probably would have recorded one on your own and excluded me again. I wanted to make sure my voice got in there as well. Tom's very bitter about our stingers. Tom, would you like to talk about uh, the legends that we have on today? Yeah, um, this because this is coming out of a crisis of confidence that the entire So There staff has been suffering to, through. And uh, so we thought, you know, Gary and I obviously have so much to learn about everything that that it was probably a good idea to bring on some mentors in our industry that we could learn from in this episode so i'd like to introduce two legends ad legends bob akers and ned crowley welcome to so there thanks i'm very very uh, graced and blessed to be here tom and gary now gary and i know what legends they are but maybe bob uh, you and ned uh, can tell us a little bit about your your ad legendary status well uh, let me say first of all um this is really a unique moment because um while ned and i worked together a long time we haven't actually spoken uh in 20 years bob and ned are both ad legends we all used to work together at leo burnett um uh, Bob and Ned also authored the infamous uh, commercial for Nintendo where a man exploded on screen, literally. This was before, this was, uh, I forget if this was pre-Alien or post-Alien, Ridley Scott, but a man, Ridley Scott-esque, exploded from within. We got brought up to the principal's office on that one. We do not make this kind of advertising here. That, that's what we were told. Now, Bob is currently uh, a professor at Loyola University, um, and Ned is currently the uh, chief creative officer at uh, McGarry Bowen. Did I get that yeah. right? Yeah, you did. Right. Very actually, actually, global, but ah, I, I find. Left a little I haven't Easter left. egg for you. Yeah. I'm global professor at Loyola. <laughs> So, so this is a this is a joy to be on here. I don't know how to um, attack the podcast thing. Well, well, we'll give you a moment to think about it because Gary has a small bit of business to transact first before we jump right in. I do, Tom. Uh, <clears throat> what is this soliciting donations or? No, no, Bob. Um, if you listen to our podcast, you would know that we have a sponsor. Believe it or not, 
a uh, a sponsor who is at the center of customization, Bob. You name it, they brand it. T-shirts, check. Coffee mugs, check. Customized AirPods, check. Bob, apparel is the perfect complement to your brand, and Midwest Promotional Group gives you access to most any type for a very affordable price. Branded merchandise, Bob, helps build business relationships for any size business, big or small, be it client gifts, employee events, or trade show giveaways. With Midwest Promotional Group, you can access top retail brands such as Under Armour, North Face, Patagonia, Callaway, Yeti, Richardson, and more. So the next time you may need some branded merchandise work done, check out shop dot midwestgrp.com slash tim has there ever been an easier to remember url shop dot midwestgrp.com slash tim what's the name of that company again did you write that that copy gary Uh, yes some of my finest work tim Leahy, who i know both of you know is one of their experienced sales guys and a good friend of the show check his site out he responds quickly and is ready to simplify your life by handling your next branded merchandise needs. So, if your business is in need of any kind of fully customized solutions, head over to shop.midwestgrp.com slash Tim. All right. Well, this stunned, is a- stunned silence, by the way, at the, uh, at the crafts of copywriting. Hello, Stunned Sam. silence yeah. from Mr. Crowley and Mr. Akers. Really, the delivery was amazing. Very emotional. <laughs> I'm just no, wondering if, if you if you um, contacted Midwest and you you know uh, told them that you heard this on the show, do you get a discount? Uh, 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 no. However, they will create your own Acres family crest uh, to put on to put on uh, a, t- a shirt. A cooler, a coffee cup, or a, or a flag. Nice. Wow. Well, I hope you folks have enjoyed this episode, and yeah. uh, it's been great being on. <laughs> I don't even know where where to begin. We have we have such such legendary expertise in marketing in this on this episode. I I kind of want to start off with something that's kind of been on my mind. Uh, and, and especially as we're kind of trying to do marketing in a in, in a COVID uh, in a COVID age, and um, my first question would be: um, Do you guys regularly floss, or only before actually going to the dentist? Oh, that's I floss every night, believe it or not, because I don't like to be shamed at the at the dentist. I get very nervous about going to the dentist and being told that I have not been doing what I've been told. So, yeah. Um, you know, um, they say that people that floss live longer, which means, therefore, that I'm going to die in the next week because I don't floss. Um, and I, I, we, we've had for years and years, we've had the same uh, um, dental uh, hygienist, and um, she, she knows not to shame me. So I just go in and spit blood and... Uh, I, you know, she doesn't say anything. She leaves me alone. The Gene, the Gene Simmons of dental patients. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Except that she just retired, so now I guess I'll have to start flossing at least right before I go because. Or uh, spitting blood to a stranger. I think that would be. 
That'd be funny if you walked into the dentist's office with uh, with uh, two feet tall platform silver boots and face paint. Bob Bob is not a Gene Simmons Kiss fan. That's a Kiss. Are joke. you talking? Are you talking Kiss Destroyer? Eric? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Destroyer. Okay. Love Gun. Um, I, so I what don't, does that I, have to do with legendary Ad um, Adness? Checking in. Well, you know, I, I just think flossing, you know, is 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 important. I think it's uh, perhaps it, it it helps reveal your your character. I know, uh, I, and I think to me the litmus test is when you don't floss regularly, your gums tend to bleed more easily, and that's probably the tip off by the hygienist. That's just my call me crazy. That's just my guess. Ned, I believe that one of your preconditions for coming on this show, and Ned. Uh, by the way, had a 12-page writer of of things that he uh, would mm-hmm. accept and wouldn't accept from the show. Uh, drafted... Uh, including brown M&Ms. In his brown America. M&Ms drafted by his legal team. 12-page writer, which we can post um, on our site. But one of Ned's preconditions was not to talk too much about advertising. So that's why that's why Tom brought up flossing. No, I right. think that's that's great. I would much rather talk about other interesting things. Yeah. Um, I also I did not get the M and M's, and I did not get the um, the uh, the fresh pair of briefs that I always request from Mid- is, Midwest GRP. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, right stamped with the logo that says "juicy." <laughs> you know, that's a logo that continues to trouble me. Yeah, I know. Especially the placement. Um, no, do you remember they might be giants? They had riders like that. They always requested fresh underwear and socks at every concert they went to. Fresh underwear. Look it up. They might be giants. They might be giants who used to write a song a day. and You could dial a toll-free number to listen to the song they wrote that day. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, they were famous for that. That's so, Ned, turning back to our podcast, Ned and Bob, um, why would you? Uh, do you have, can you hazard any theories as to why our listenership has declined, um, and and how likely do you think it is um, due to Tom? Oh, wow. Well, it is funny because I have kind of a left-right stereo thing, and when Tom speaks he's usually on the left and if i turn it just to the right i only hear the gary side of the uh conversation mm-hmm. which keeps me um coming back <laughs> so i don't know maybe it's a i don't know i i hadn't really thought about that but maybe that's i never really hear the conversation i just hear gary talking well that's that. Frankly, our much of our listenership is the same. They find Tom off-putting and uh, and tend to focus on Gary Doyle because they're trying to read a lot into your going. long stretches of silence. Is that of angry silence? <laughs> I think Tom keeps it going though. Tom is sort of like the you know the little engineer on the back of the train. He just kind of keeps it the glue keeps it moving forward. The glue, yes, yes. the glue, or or the molasses. <laughs> There's a thin line between glue and molasses. Do you guys find yourselves um, humming the Sky Rizzy theme as often as I do? 
Nothing is everything. Is that an actual song? I actually like that song. Where's it from? Sky Rizzy is a, uh, it's a, uh, isn't it like a psoriasis or an eczema uh, medication? I think in pharmaceuticals, all I know is that you have to dress everybody in the color of the logo. So, like, that was a purple one. So he's in purple doing all that. You know, I've worked on pharmaceutical accounts, and you know what's an interesting part of working on that is, you know the part in the middle of the commercial where they talk about all the side effects you could have? You know, like an eyeball in the middle of your forehead and, and, and hot dog fingers and all those right. things. Right. So when they're talking about that stuff, you're you're legally not allowed to have anything compelling on screen. You're supposed uh, you're supposed to pay attention to the side effects and not what's on screen. That's why when you see that when you hear those side effects, invariably there's very innocuous footage like somebody walking their dog, or you know, or, or having a, breakfast at the breakfast table with your kids. There's very or the cold turkey rowing in a rowboat. That's the one I see a lot. I like the cold turkey. I thought I, I do. I think that I think the character is really well designed and animated, and is is a is a very kind of um, sympathetic little character. But they started as a cold turkey, like in the first one, and then they moved on. Now it's just a turkey. Like everybody knows, he's supposed to be a cold turkey. Like everybody in the country knows this, and I don't that's, think that's true. That's called campaign evolution. Uh, for you non-advertising people out there. I like the uh, Ray Liotta Chantix commercial. Yeah. He where he's kind of walking through his home in slow motion, looking at scripts and things like that. <laughs> he's got a nice home, and, and, he, and he talks on the VO. He talks so slowly. He's like, I really struggled with smoke. Isn't it? Isn't that, like, amazing? you you got the guy from, from Goodfellas who... <laughs> Just walking around his house, looking a little bloated. And, uh, <laughs> a little bloated. Yeah, the, they the guy got that him was on a the, on a better water day, I think. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, and and you can just picture the the writer in the recording session going, "Okay, Ray, that's great, but this is a sixty second ad, and we're clocking in at ninety four. <laughs> that's why what? I tried chanting energy. Yep." <laughs> You know, some of the uh, some of these medications play uh, play into a, an inherent sense of drama better than others. The ones I like best are the ones for Crohn's disease because it usually involves uh, a tension filled hunt for a bathroom. You know, it's whether they're on an airplane or at a party, and there's you know, because I, I think what probably happens is when they they have a drug and and, and the, the team gets together and they have to think about okay. Where are we going to be? Are we around a swimming pool? Or are we going at a kind of a farmer's market? What's the, the basically the situation going to be? But but I find Crohn's. I kind of get sucked into the the stories. You know, is that the balloon? Is that the water balloon one where it's a water balloon walking around? No, that's that's a urine. That's an incontinence thing. I think mm. the Crohn's yep. is th- there's one where like uh, <laughs> a, a daughter's there with her parents and is waiting the awaiting the arrival of her boyfriend who's oh, delayed God. because he's had apparently a bowel issue wow yeah that uh, i you know speaking of bowel um this is the the one i find fascinating is the irritable bowel syndrome woman who is like you've got the woman sitting there and then you've got her twin who's in a complete flesh-colored suit with intestines on the front and she is supposed to be and she is needling the herself 
because she's irritable. irritable irritable and she's got intestines on her so it's like it's literally <laughs> what if we had an irritable bowel person for their our irritable bowel syndrome i think that's fascinating if i were the creative director of that i would have said okay let's animate your bowels and have this be an animated character who's irritable, who goes through life just, you know, uh, why do kids, why do kids just have their headphones on all day? You know, why looking at their phones all the time? That would be irritable Gary syndrome. <laughs> I mean, you could write the scripts based on my personality. I think that was probably it. Probably started as animated, and then the director, God bless him, came in and said. <laughs> I think it should be a real-life woman in a flesh-colored suit. Or perhaps Bob, an out-of-control art director? Could be. Could be. But it does make me think during my uh, directing years, maybe I should have just said, screw it, I'm going to do... I'm going to do pharmaceuticals because I would be busy as shit right now. Yeah, you'd be sitting in a gold throne right now. (laughs) Instead of a plush leather recliner yeah i've never really had to do pharmaceuticals i'm pretty happy i've never had to write the word rectal bleeding (laughs) now i've never not in a commercial anyway years ago the leo burnett company had uh well eli Lilly was a client and we had uh prozac and i had worked on prozac and gary when you were talking about the fair balance talking about the uh, oh yeah the, the fair side balance. effects that's what they talk yeah that's what they yeah. call it fair balance section but we got around that on prozac because everyone knew what prozac was so we didn't have to make any claims about what prozac did so as a result we didn't have to do the fair balance either they, they just showed a whole bunch of visual metaphors of people walking from a dark place to a light place emerging from mm. a tunnel or out of a dark house i've always found it depressing to work on antidepressants because you're celebrating depression. <laughs> Aren't you celebrating the cure? I guess if you you could think about that if you were optimistic and not depressed. Are you guys thoroughly confused by what you can and can't recycle? <laughs> well, Okay. I don't believe anything is recycled. I think that they take that stuff and and they put it in the dump with everything else. Did you know I have uh, one of my clients is Britta, which I'm plugging. Maybe they'll give you a little something, guys. Um, and they are taking on the bottled water industry. Did you know only 6% of water bottles actually make it to recycling? Hmm. 6%. Even people who recycle them, they never make a recycle because they 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 um, do it improperly. And there's more plastic in the fish that you eat than that is recycled. Think about that. That's why I give the stink eye to people that walk out of the grocery store with three cases of bottled water. Right. That's why I don't have. Do, you, do any of you guys have a Kerrig? No. That's why I, I don't do buy a, one of those. That's why I don't I buy do. one of those because they go they go. Hey man. You can recycle our coffee cups. I'm like, A, who does that? B, I don't trust they're actually finding their way into the recycling bin. And they're truly no, you ha- recycled. And you, have to, you have to like take them apart. There's part of it you can't recycle and part of it you can't. Do you have one, Ned? I don't, but I have an espresso machine, which they give you a bag 
and uh, you're, they recycle the pods for you, the whole pods, because they're aluminum. There you have it. If you listeners at home could see our, our faces, which we can see each other's faces because we're on FaceTime, you would see that Ned has a very tiny coffee cup, a Lilliputian coffee cup that he drinks his espresso out of. The only reason he has that, it's not espresso, it's coffee. The only reason he has that is to make his hands look bigger. Right. <laughs> Tom looks very concerned. I think he's like this thing has gone. This is like the presidential. Well, that debate. that that goes without saying. But the reason I brought up the recycling thing was we have a new recycling service that came to our town, and they sent out a, a kind of a mailer with you know the details and stuff. But one of the things that caught my eye is they said, "Do not recycle plastic bags." Yeah, you can't do that. I don't. So I'm thoroughly confused now. You know and. The, those little bags you get at Target or or, or you got to take them up to uh, uh, like Jewel and then. I have a gigantic 80, 80 gallon thing at my house that I'm supposed to put this stuff into. What's I also point? use mine for uh, cleaning up my dog's uh, shit when I take her for a walk. Well, then you've got something recyclable in the bag that's not recyclable. Think about yeah, that. right. Right. And okay, I had although one, poop so, should be recyclable because it, it's it's poop. I asked my uh, my kids the other day because we've in addition to recycling to add to your confusion, Tom, because I do want to be respectful and answer your questions. Um, <laughs> the uh, we've now got a compost bin that's been dropped off at our thing, which is about as big as our house, but we put like one bag in it, one tiny little bag. So now you got to figure out what's comp- compostable or not. And you get compostable bags, which are compostable. They're, they're like green. And my question now is, should I put dog poop in the compost, or should that go in the trash? Only if you're going to eat from the compost later. There's no, there's no clarity. What do you do with that compost, Ned? Yeah, what, does it become fertilizer or something? Or? I don't know. They, the men take it away. The, the men. <laughs> do you notice there are no trash women? Never have been. No. Yeah. No. yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. Because they're that's smart. Yeah, that's a segment on our show, by the way. I wonder why. Really? This this is giving Tom an excuse to play a stinger that he's fond of. I wonder why. Yeah, I uh, I wonder why there are no female garbage people. I've never seen one. Yeah. There's also no female plumbers. That I'm aware of. And I'm sure there are in the world, but I've never seen one. Yeah. I'll give you something else, as long as we're kind of kind of talking a little bit about marketing. Have you noticed that the only acceptable creature that you're allowed to show meet its demise in a commercial <laughs> would be insects? You can show the bug spray killing all the bugs, but you can't show, you know... You can't show a mouse trap decapitating a mouse or anything like that or, 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 or nuisance pigeons being shot. But bugs are fair game. So what is it about bugs? Mm-hmm. Right? I think, mm-hmm. I think people believe that bugs don't have a soul. Do they, I though? That's what. Do I don't they? know. Yeah, I mean, right. you, could, you could be very... You want to up your, real, your um, listenership, you should talk about dogs not having a soul. And you would have people hysterical. On your I think it's because nobody has uh, insect bugs as pets. Hmm. 
That's fair. You know, yeah. people do have mice as pets. Do you ever notice in a commercial where there's like an annoying little dog or something and he gets, he or she gets like kicked or something happens, you always have to come back at the end and be like, you know, the dog like gets up and is like, you know, (laughs) and and same with people too. You can never like, you know, somebody gets catapulted out of a cannon. You have to like have them at the end. Like, right. (laughs) I'm all right. I'm all right. Ned, I, I think Ned, I think dogs do have souls. But my question to you is, does man have a soul? I knew where that was going. Gary is all right. Advertising legend and the people who will remain nameless, who created that was uh, the tagline for a campaign for electronics. <laughs> for an electronics brand, because twenty years ago. Because man has a soul, right? Why do which we, we then? To sun- which Ned, are you going to share your joke, your joke no. riff on that? No, I'm not. not gonna. Can I? I don't even remember it. Yeah, if you remember it, I don't. Well, Ned, no, Ned, you remember that because cause, so Ned took that to. He heard that tagline presented in a client meeting, and then he took that to the retail level of how that would be served up in an ad <laughs> for a like for a local electronics store in uh, in New York City. You know, it's like uh, uh, get 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 your televisions at Bamburgers. <laughs> Bamburgers at Twenty Second and Fourth, where man has a soul. <laughs> that was a classic tagline. Because man has a soul. All right, actually, actually, here's here's something I find is uh as bad as that. So here's here's a tone deaf. What's the what's the car one? Oh, it's as bad as that. Feel alive. Oh, you, Gary and I did a podcast on that. That was I, Mazda. I, okay, so did did part of your po- podcast talk about the fact that the tagline is "Feel Alive," and the music on it is from the Cranberries, whose singer committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Wow! I always found that like completely tone deaf. <laughs> Feel alive, right, Cranberry? <laughs> But Ned, Ned, doesn't the way that the voiceover reads that line almost Feel. bring that singer back to life? Feel alive. Yeah, it does. It does take a while to get there, guys. I just popped up your your viewership on because um, I I'm, I want to get back to Tom. I'm I'm concerned that you're like when you say your your listenership is plummeting, like just just. Actually, you, did you say plummeting, or did I just put that in there? It's plummeting <laughs> fatally, like and a lot of death, a lot of death in this episode. I'm worried that because I I look on your site here and you get a five point rating, which is great, and eleven people over thirty four episodes have commented. Um, so does that mean you have eleven listeners and you're down to ten when you say plummeting, or is it just like an ease off? Is it like the economy? Is it going to bounce back? My theory w- is that uh, people tend to listen to podcasts uh, on their commute quite often, and when because because the, the the plummeting kind of coincided with the COVID lockdown, so uh, that's me whistling in the graveyard. Uh, all that Gary thinks is a much deeper, more insidious issue, which has to do with the actual quality of our podcasts, which 
you know, that's kind of why we brought he, you guys on. He didn't on mention today. quality. He mentioned you, Tom. Yeah, it was, it was the <laughs> likability of Tom Karamitis. But you, you, you have illuminated a problem, Ned. When you only have 11 listeners and it drops to 10, that's a 10% drop. You did that without a calculator, didn't you? If you no, I'm like I was looking for how do I know how many listeners are on it? Could be thousands. Our analytics department, so there, has access to that data. You do not have access to that data. It's proprietary. It's proprietary. What about the girl in Texas? Is she still listening? Well, Ned, uh, well, Bob, we don't we don't know if we have listeners in Texas, but we do have listeners in Great Britain, Thailand, um, Cambodia, France, uh, England, uh, Russia, Australia. Yes, it's true. So there. Well, you know, I think Tom's right. You know, the commuter thing is uh, probably uh, a point, except that people have more time on their hands now. So you would think that they would be listening to podcasts. They're walking their dogs. They're but that would be a new habit to start, right? That that's that's been the issue. I think people are creatures of habit, and I listen to the podcast on the train going home at night. And um, but you know what? You know, in all honesty, I think the COVID has made people reassess what's important in life, and that may be the reason. <laughs> I think, I think just. Just peep. It's hard enough for people to get their head around uh, the notion of wearing a mask, and once they've come to grips with that and have kind of ant- processed that in their mind, they don't have any more brain power left for things like podcasts. Um, have you thought maybe about just calling all eleven of those people and asking them? That may be actually easier than recording. Is you could just call them once a week and just chat with them. With your witty repartee. Yeah, just the, you know, the, the two of you get on the phone with a person and then you talk for a while and you call the next person. Um, and then what's great about that, Bob, is, is, is in half an hour we've spoken to our entire listenership. You know? Yeah, it, was, it would save you time. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want you guys to feel bad, but um, in an, uh, while you are legends, you are advertising legends, we did attempt to have another legend on the show, and, and uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, we, an we, ad- wrote, we wrote him, true story, we heard he was appearing on podcasts to try and spread his message of, of uh, social distancing and masks, and so we invited him on the show, and I got, a, I got a response back right away. What did he say? Uh, Dr. Fauci is extremely busy and is not able to respond to all requests personally. Uh, but but we will review your requests and get back to you. I think if you had told him that we were going to pair him with Monica Lewinsky on the same episode, he would have been intrigued enough to make an exception. Did you get Monica to, to join? That's what we thought would be a good twosome on that episode. Oh, mm-hmm. They're both legendary in different ways, but I think that's kind of the connective tissue would be to discuss their legendary status. And would you have them on and like Dr. Fauci on and then have none of the questions be about his expertise or COVID? Because that's, that's really where this is, is going. Get Fauci on and ask him uh, what he thinks about disc breaks. I would ask him uh, about Tom's failings as a co-host. 
Wow. Getting back to the the issue at hand, what? How did you get listenership in the first place? Is that a rhetorical question? No, it's like you know. Before you examine why is it down, why was it up? What? What? How did you get those people in the first place? Well, you know, know, can I just jump in here for a second because I think you're selling. You know, Bob, like when a movie comes out, there's a lot of anticipation. So sometimes you advertise it and sometimes it's on like cups at 7-Eleven and you just are aware that this thing is coming and therefore viewership, listenership. That would be my take, that people just felt it was coming. Now, Bob, you have a podcast. How have you, um, and you can give us a shameless plug if you'd like, but how do you uh, garner listeners for your podcast? Getting a Foot in the Door, available on uh, uh, Apple, um, Spotify, and uh, the host site, Anchor uh, Podcast. Um, Well, uh, I get viewership because it's it's geared towards students, and therefore, you know, I just let the students know that it's it's there, and so you know. But do they feel they do they feel they have to listen, or they don't get a good grade? So is that how like because nobody has to listen to Tom and Gary? No, there are other things they have to do to get a good grade. The Gary Doyle episode is particularly compelling. On Bob's episode, I'd like to to plug that, but maybe, but maybe Bob's podcast has an advantage over ours in that it actually has a coherent theme. Yeah, this one, this one does kind of ramble. I was going to say that I think that that um, um, the more you guys, in all seriousness, the more you make it inside jokes, I think the less uh, um, people can connect. Other, this episode aside, out. do you feel that we we do too many inside jokes? A little bit. A little, little bit. Interesting. Oh, interesting. What do you mean, Tom? With the, the whole the whole podcast is an inside joke. No, it isn't. I, I, I beg to differ. I think we come up with, with, with themes that we discuss and whether it's the, how America's gone all Mayberry during the, the COVID crisis and people are putting rocking chairs and stupid signs on their front doors and stuff. And, you know, I don't think that's inside. I don't think so at all. Um, Here are the uh, uh, analytics for getting a foot in the door with Bob Akers. Um, I've had 159 total plays. Uh, and uh, the number one episode, the number one episode, Gary Doyle. That's because you haven't had Tom Karamitis on yet, so we'll just put an asterisk by that. Gary Doyle beat out uh, a a recruiter, which you would think students would want to hear from, but... Most of those listens were for me, Bob. I just listened to my episode over and over again to juice the uh, analytics. <laughs> That's like going, you review your book over and over on Amazon <laughs> just to get it to, to peak. <laughs> I, am I the only person on the planet who does not have a podcast? I'm, I thought you did. I don't have a podcast. Oh I'm, my no, God, Dad. I'm happy to join yours. Um, <sighs> you know what? Uh, I do think part of the reason the listenership may be down a little bit is the campaign I started because I have not heard an episode 
on the trademarking of the name So There and the origination of that, which comes to Ned Crowley. So There is a Ned Crowley registered trademark. So, you know, I don't know if you've attacked that as a topic. We haven't, but and I thought it was Ned Crowley quoting someone else, though. It could be, and I actually have a tape of that that I looked for this morning and could not find because it's in my COVID office locked up, but I do have that. Right it's along with thickens. Right along with the meat boat theme on a, on a small cassette as well. More inside would, chatter. Would, would you like to share a little more of that story, Ned? You don't have to name names. Um, should we go into the story? Yeah. I was thrown out of the office on a Tuesday and told not to come back to the office until Monday when I had calmed down. Apparently I was hysterical about something. And then I received phone calls every day wondering where I was. Apparently I thought I'd get and I had them all recorded on my answering machine, which is something we had before iPhones. And I said, uh, and I would hear the um, answering machine that said, uh, apparently you think you're too good to come in on a Wednesday, and then too good to come on a Thursday. And then the final was on a Friday saying, we got through the week without you, Ned. And it seems we did just fine. So there. <laughs> you left out one of the lights. In fact, things seem to go rather well. <laughs> so there. And I, I'm, I'm speaking about this affectionately. I'm not mocking this at all. But that is the legendary start. I think it was like 1992. <laughs> and that is where so we there. got the name for our podcast. No, yep. not we. I have it on tape. I own that name. And I'm licensing it to you as a trademark. So there is a Ned Crowley registered trademark. So going Ned, forward, Ned Crowley presents So There. <laughs> I Ned, would like Ned, that, actually. Ned, didn't you also, speaking of voicemail messages, share one involving the late George C. Scott, Academy Award winning <laughs> gr- actor, one of the all-time greats? He was. <laughs> That's right. I've had, uh, I've had, I've, I've had the George C. Scott incident who was the woman i got chewed up by the woman who was on uh, desperate housewives what's her name the one that's in prison now felicity huffman no no it's the other one can't remember her name she's really skinny she i think she was on the superman with uh dean kane too uh sarah jessica parker no that's sex in the city even i know that i can't remember her name (laughs) um i want to say connie francis but that's that's not not there I'll think of it in a minute. Yeah, George C. Scott, um, I, I, uh, we were recording. It was not my ad, but I was sent out to record. They were paying him a million dollars. Was it a million? Wow. A million dollars. George C. Scott, a million dollars. And I walked in, <laughs> and I said to him, first of all, it got off to a bad start because I, I said to him, and he was there with his handler, who was his, like, um, Either his longtime companion or his agent. I don't wait, know. Wait, wait a minute, companion. What are you getting I don't at? Know. Ed? I'm saying that Patton could have been um, Patton. So, um, but he asked me what my favorite George C. Scott movie was, and I, um, and he said, I bet I can guess, and he said Patton, 
And I said, no, Day of the Dolphin. And he really shut down on me at that point. Um, Whoa. Was that I have is that a, was that one of his worst films? I I loved it. I saw it several times. That was the talking. Okay, ball. so you you weren't saying it to to be wise ass. It no, was... I loved it. Okay, I loved it. Don't you remember that one with no. the cute little dolphins talking? I actually pa. saw Day of the Dolphin when I was a fa, kid. Pa 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 love pa. It was that kind of stuff. Remember you that? could have brought up the movie. Remember the movie when his where his daughter was a stripper. <laughs> my God, that's my daughter. Yeah. You know one of the great movies that he's in? Uh, it's it's a good horror movie to watch right now. It's called The Changeling. One of the best horror movies. Starring George C. Scott. Tom, we've gone off on this riff. But yes, I, I, I was... Uh, it was at the time when... Who was doing the Budweiser uh, voiceover? Was... Um, uh, what's his name? The, the, the gun guy. Do you remember Hest- the... Heston? Charlton Heston. He did. Gu- was, he did a Budweiser. He was doing that over the top, you know, and you know George C. Scott asked me. He said, uh, "Why, why am I not doing more, more voiceover work?" And you know, we were talking about Charlton Heston, and he was not very complimentary of that. So we were asking him to read, um, copy about fruits and berries and cereal, and he. It was like, it was like, oh. You know, he kept talking about peaches and blueberries. And it was supposed to be really over the top. And he was performing it. And then I made the mistake. And he did one take, by the way. He did one take. And he went, have you got it? And I was so nervous. I'm like, if I go back to Chicago with one take for a million dollars, I'm in big trouble. So he he kept doing it over and over. And he'd say, Mr. Crowley, have you got it? Mr. Crowley, have you got it? And I said, Mr. Scott, just do one straight. Just do one straight. Don't don't perform it at all. He goes, you want me to do one straight? I said, yeah, I think it'll be funnier if you do it straight. And he said, so you think I'll be funny if I do it straight? He went all Shatner on you. Oh, it is this. And that was the last, you know, that was the last take. And he said, do you have it, Mr. Crowley? He said, I, I think we got it. And he took off his headphones and he said, my fucking career is over. <laughs> And he died like a couple months later. Well, uh, why didn't you ask him to have fun with it, play with it, surprise me? So Ned sent that. So Ned sent a very funny voicemail after the George C. Scott session out to the department, the credit, uh, the creative group we were in at the time, and we were all curious about how the George C. Scott session. How did it go? Because Ned, you know, was recording George C. Scott, and and, and sent out this voicemail that said. You know, well, you know, as you all know, I recorded George C. Scott today, and and I think it I think it went pretty well, and uh, you know, it was a fairly fairly smooth session, and uh, you know, very happy with the results, and I think George C. Scott is too, and in fact, here's what George C. Scott said out uh, heading out the door: "My fucking career is over." I felt so bad. That was the message. That was it. That was it. Nice man, though. Nice man. What is your what what celebrities have you guys? Um, well, we did uh, when I was at Riney, we did uh, Richard Widmark. Do you remember him, Richard no. Widmark? He was a uh, I don't know. He, he he was in move. I don't know. He was in famous movies, but uh, and I don't remember which ones. But uh, like a submarine movie, that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, the it, 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 this was for a, uh, a Budweiser spot. 
uh, and um, and he <laughs> he had to say the word brotherhood. So that was the, what the whole spot was about. And uh, he was pissed off because he showed up at the uh, session and the um, the uh, you know, the engineer. Uh, he, he asked, uh, Richard Woodmark asked, you know, is there a place he could go to read the script? And <laughs> they didn't have a place, I guess. And he says, yeah, out in the parking lot. <laughs> and that pissed him off. And so he was angry, angry when he started the session. So anyway, he gets to, you know, the word brotherhood. Uh, uh, he says, is it brotherhood or brotherhood? There's a difference, you know. <laughs> I had an experience with a very angry actor, and I don't mind disparaging him on TV um, or on radio. His name was... Um, what the hell is his name? Tim... Uh, uh, who's the guy from... Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's Buzz Lightyear. Oh, Tim, oh, Tim uh, Allen. Tim Allen. Very mean. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. He was the only one. Uh, well, I'm not gonna. I, I shouldn't get into that. He, he was. He has a nice guy persona on yeah. on TV, and he was very unpleasant and mean to me. And huh. I I had just had a little baby daughter, and uh, I had gone out and bought at a uh, um at a um a Hollywood store. I went out and bought eight by ten glossies of Buzz Lightyear and I wanted him to just sign one so I could frame it for my daughter and so after I'd spent the day with him I uh, I went up to him and he was sitting outside he was negotiating with Michael Eisner for uh, the Santa Claus 3 so he was not happy and uh, we spent a day with him doing a promo and I went up to him afterwards with this drawing and I just said well, thank you so much Mr. Allen I, I enjoyed meeting you today and I, I just had a, a daughter she's two years old and I would just she loves your character she just lights up when she sees it I would love you to sign this and he looked at me like I was a wet diaper and went oh, Jesus Christ and wow. he took it and he and he scribbled his name on it and he handed it back to me without looking at me and I, and I stood there, and I didn't know what to do, and then I tore it in half and walked away. You tore it in half in front of him? I did. I was so upset. So, you know, there's Dad, another with, one. With the, uh, with the reach of our podcast and our vast listenership, I think this <laughs> might destroy what's left of Tim Allen's career. <laughs> I think he's doing rather, rather well without... without uh, Ned, we had recorded... Um, when you and I worked on Disney together, we'd recorded uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer, who was the voiceover yes. for a while. And, and I, I could be wrong about this, but I remember you used to always call him Mr. Grammer, and he never once asked you to yeah. call him Kelsey. No, he Multiple didn't. sessions he didn't. and... Do you know what I remember about him? He seemed to be perfectly nice. Um, he has a very large head. Have you mm. noticed that mo a lot of actors physically have large heads proportioned to their body. Like, look at Tom Cruise. His head is, you know, and I think that's the key. His head is bigger. Harrison Ford's head is bigger proportioned to his body. Kelsey Graham's head almost looks like a Macy's Day balloon on top of his shoulder. Jason Alexander as well. They did a whole episode about his large head. They were? Uh, you know, uh, I was filming for Miller Beer um, um, some some. Um, actors 
for a promo thing. And uh, I don't know if you remember Richard Crenna. You guys know who he was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know he had been around forever, and and then and then he uh, he was in that show. Uh, I forget the name of him. He was in Rambo Three. Uh, was he? Yeah. So so uh, he and James Earl Jones were in a, a show that had yet to air. They were shooting in the valley. I went to the location to do a little, you know, pick up a little film of the two of them individually. And Richard Crenna, I showed up, and he's telling one of the crew members a story, and immediately he includes me in eye contact when he's telling the story. <clears throat> and just the nicest guy. And I, I did several takes with him, and I said, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think we've got it. And he said, well, let me try something else for you. And he, you know, he did something else. It's like, yeah, it's really great, thanks. And as he walked away, I said, you know, I really... Uh, it's it's really an honor to meet you and and I've really uh, enjoyed what you've you know done in your career. So, and instead of you know with a reaction you got, Ned, instead of yeah 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 fuck you kid, he he was walking away from me when I said that and he stopped, turned around and he said, wow, that's really nice, thank you very much. He was just so appreciative. Okay, so right right after I shot him, it was time to shoot James Earl Jones and he was a dick. I got like maybe three takes out of him, and he says, "That's enough." There you go. Are you sure it wasn't? Are you sure it wasn't George C. Scott in a costume? Okay, so now we're on this tear. Uh, Terry Hatcher. That was that was who chewed me out um, in front of the Muppets. Actually, she, wow. She, it was it was uh, we were doing a Disney thing and uh, she was doing a thing with all the Muppets and she chewed me out in front of the Muppets and you know what there's nothing more embarrassing than being chewed out in front of Fozzie Bear <laughs> and uh, it's kind of humiliating that is humiliating nicest the nicest celebrity I ever met was um, uh, Malcolm McDowell Malcolm McDowell sweet guy and I brought him a poster from Clockwork Orange and he teared up as I brought him a poster to, to he had signed and he was a very nice man you know I uh, I shot before she was in Seinfeld uh, I did a spot with uh, Estelle Harris and just lovely lady really nice you know that's George's mother and, and I know Ned you've never seen an episode of uh, Seinfeld but um, but stay with me here and uh, and so I go to New York to record uh, uh, to do some uh, voice casting. Uh, and so I go into this uh, you know place where they did the voice casting, and, was, and we needed a older woman's voice. I don't even remember what it was for, but uh, uh, so all these older women are sitting there in this waiting room to go in and do the voice casting. And there was Estelle Harris, and uh, I went up. She remembered me. It's like, oh, we had a really good time with that shoot, and that. by then she was on Seinfeld. And I said, you know, con congratulations. I think that's just so great that you're, you know, you're you're in that show. You're just great, and I, And she said, uh, <laughs> the writing is so good on that show. Did did you see the masturbation show? Wasn't that just the best, the masturbation show? <laughs> here we were with all these old ladies, and she's going on the masturbation show. 
But she was very nice. Very nice to work with. Did it make you uncomfortable when she kept saying the word masturbation? An, an 82-year-old woman? Yeah, it did it in front of all those old ladies, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell another story about uh, for Ned and me, and me. We were shooting with Christopher Guest. We were shooting a... Uh, oh, wait, you guys shot with Christopher Guest? I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> and... and and uh, uh, we were shooting at Kellogg's spot, and it was during lunch. Uh, everybody else had gone out. We were shooting in a house. Everybody else had gone outside to to do a uh, you know to do have their lunch. But Ned and I had a conference call with the Nintendo client, and we couldn't let them know that we were on a shoot for another client instead right. of you know working on their business. And so right. we had to kind of be discreet about. We didn't tell them where we were, or what we were doing. We were on on this conference call with them, and Christopher's uh, guest wife is Jamie Lee Curtis, and and she was there that day, and she kept coming into the room and fucking with us. She she was very nice. She signed uh, she signed her books for you, Ned. I gave her copies of my children's books, and she signed. Uh, I I brought her book with me. I had worked for years on my books, and I asked her how long she'd worked on her book. She said, oh, I just wrote that thing in an hour, and I gave it to the artist. <laughs> and, it was on the, and it was on the New York Times bestseller list for three years. So there you have it. Was, what was more humiliating, Ned, that or the Terry Hatcher moment? Well, you know, if she had done that in front of Muppets, I think that would have probably, probably done it. But um, I, I guess mean, I, don't, I don't really have any good, celebra- good celebrity stories, do I? Do I? We I'm could, uh, you know, if this took a turn to humiliations in our career, I could talk for hours. Let's let's hear what is the most humiliating thing that happened because Tom could probably do a week of this. Tom, <laughs> I'm going to start with you. What's the most humiliating thing that happened to you in your ad experience? This is good talk. Other than this what? this episode of So There, um... <laughs> <laughs> I have a good uh, I have a good. Hum- humiliating story i uh it was my very first commercial i was at footcone it was a spot that some uh, a writer and art director had had come up with and they both separately different times they both left the agency so um the the art director and the writer had left the agency and and they the creative the creative director turned to me and said hey will you go produce this spot or go go do it I had never done a commercial before, so we went out to Wyoming, and it was, we, we went out there because there was supposed to be snow. It was for a diehard commercial for Sears. There was no snow. They hadn't scouted it well, and so we had to bring in snowblowing equipment from, from Michigan, and, um, and so they sprayed this house and sprayed it all down the lawn and all. They had the snow blankets and stuff. But they also had gone into the national forest without a permit and cut down a bunch of trees, pine trees, because they wanted to kind of dress the front yard. And so they had all these trees with these uh, guy wires. And so it was at night, and they're blowing snow, and it's dark, and you, you know, and all the townspeople, Lander, Wyoming, all the townspeople are there because it's a big deal. They're shooting a commercial. And I walked onto the set. And I tripped on one of the wires for the tree, 
and it simultaneously unplugged the cord that lit the entire set. So (laughs) everything went dark, the tree fell, I tripped, and the entire town is laughing. It was pretty pretty embarrassing. There's no way to recover from that one. Tom, do you want to talk about dental floss? And scene. Well, I don't know if if we, Gary and I, actually got any usable information out of this podcast to help us plus the podcast going forward, but it was an epic tour de force. Um, Tour de farce or tour de farce? Tour de farce, even better. Uh, Would like to thank uh, Ad Legends, Bob Akers, and Ned Crowley for participating. Yes, thank, our you first for having, thank you for having us. I don't normally get to speak. Um, well, it's been fun. And so, you know, um, I, I guess uh, I'll finally listen to one of your podcasts now. You should make sure I, I don't edit you out completely first. I'll let you know ahead of time. They call, they call our podcast appointment listening, Bob. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Ad Legends. Ned Crowley and uh, Bob Akers. Also, I'd like to thank uh, ad legend Jim Furr for designing our logo and ad legend John Bender for uh, for engineering our theme song. All legends. And uh, Gary, uh, who who's your sponsor again? Uh, Tim Leahy of uh, Midwest GRP. And gentlemen, until next time, This is Tom and Gary saying, So There! So There is a Ned Crowley registered trademark.